Welcome back. This is the soft count. So if you followed the fight night pickums, you did real well for yourself on UFC 277. By the way, UFC 277 was kick ass. Everybody that was shitting on it on Reddit, you were wrong. It was <laughs> it was sweet. There were some really good prelim fights, some really just like awesome performances. And and a lot of different kinds of them, which I found awesome. The first fight of the night went exactly how I called. We picked Orion over Blood Diamond. He got the round three decision. I just don't like Blood Diamond's fighting style. He's just, he gets gassed. He's not a good fighter. He's a physical specimen, an athlete, but he's not even that big. So he's three and two in the UFC. He's headed, he's on his way out. Second fight of the night was uh, Nikolai Negamoranu and Ihor Poteria. Uh, Nikolai's my guy, and we called that fight as well. He got a round two knockout. He he is unbelievable. He was an Olympic wrestler or some shit like that. He or uh, not an Olympic wrestler, but a um, I think he was like a Sambo champion somewhere. I don't know. He's from uh, Romania, and his stand up game is fantastic. His ground game is fantastic. He just gave Eeyore a little bit of everything, and then hit him with like this flurry just an absolute vicious flurry of punches to uh, to knock him out and end it. Hit him with a couple of hooks and an uppercut. It was just, it was wicked. Up against the fence. Nikolai's 13-1 and one in the light heavyweight division. He's unassuming. Uh, people don't really seem to be hip to this dude yet. He's, you know, he was the second fight of the night. So nobody's really paying attention to him. He's at the 205 division, which is kind of wide open right now. I mean, Jiri's about to fight Glover again, who's 42 years old. This is a guy that's got a lot of skills. I'm really excited to see what he does. So we got the first two fights right. The third fight we also got right with Jocelyn Edwards. She got a round three decision. I thought that was pretty expected. She Her kicks are really nice. She's got some great kicks, and she's kind of got this zombie punching forward motion thing. She likes to do this little flurry of straights that she'll throw while she runs forward. Same as Juliana Pena. She did good. Ji Young Kim's just not in. She actually picked up kind of in the later rounds. She ended up having a little bit of a performance on it. But, uh, in fact, it was a split decision, I believe, which was insane. I, I can't see anybody, how they, anybody could have <laughs> had the other girl winning, but somebody did. But, anyway, Jaslyn got it done. So that was our first three fights right off the bat. Really got the night started. The next fight was the fight I told you. Uh, it was the minus 500 plus 400 fight, Adam Fajit and Michael Morales. I told you Michael Morales is probably going to win. He did. But it was a round three uh, knockout. It took a while. And, I and uh, you know, I had like a tenner on Adam Fajit or something. He, he wasn't a part of really any parlays I had going because I, I was pretty sure Michael was going to get it done. That being said, uh, it, was a, it was an actually really fun fight. I mean, that was the first time Michael has been tested. He's only 23 years old. He's 14 and 0. When you see his body, if you're a guy, you're like, man, I wish I was in that body for just. I just can't imagine what it would be like. He is physically gifted. It's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, UFC. Keep an eye out on him. He seems to be a really special fighter that the UFC is going to be uh, promoting more. The next fight was the first fight I called wrong. And I, I took Rafa because I just thought Rafa was meaner. It was a round three decision. I actually thought it could have gone either way. The the it was a weird fight. The the commentators and and DC and the guys DC kept saying, yeah, Drakkar's really hitting him, and I just didn't really I don't know like I didn't ever really think 
either of them won the fight. It was very weird. I wasn't in love with that fight. Drakkar won. And that was our first uh, wrong pick. So we're up to, I think we're 4-1 and one now. 5-1. and one. <clears throat> The next fight was the heavyweights. I took Hamdi Abdallah Wahab. He's 6-0. and oh. He used to be an Olympic wrestler. He's got really good stand-up game. He got the round three decision. That puts us at 6-1. and one. He was gangster. I really, I really like him. In the first, he ended up uh, finishing the fight, and at one point, he was in real danger. It was like, oh, my God, he's going to get knocked out. After he had such a great first round, and then he got caught, and he his eye closed up, and he, he it was a banger. I really liked that fight. Dontel Mays is special. He's 6'6". Hamdi's like six feet tall. But here's one of my go my things about betting on heavyweight. If the guy's not 265 and the other one is, I'm probably betting on the other guy. I'm like I don't know why you would fight at heavyweight and not weigh 265. It makes no sense. And Hamdi came in at 265 and got it done. Next fight was Drew Dober who we took. He got it done. That puts us at 7 and 1. He was fantastic. He's kind of got a uh, Michael Chandler thing going. I do dig him. I I, I like him a lot. He he yeah, he had an exciting fight. I actually I think Rafael Alves. I give him more credit for that fight too. It was a round three knockout. It took a while for Drew to get it done, but Drew controlled the fight the entire time. Had Alves backing up, dancing around the fence. He had nothing for him. Sometimes Drew looks really good, and then other times he gets gassed in the third round and he got the knockout in the third round so that's good for him he seemed to be a little slimmer sometimes he is really bulked up but you know he's got 11 losses that's a lot of losses he was he's beatable even though he looks like a greek god the next fight i called as possibly being the fight of the night it might it could have been it ended up not being but it was fantastic matthew semmelsberger and alex morono Alex Morono um, was the guy we picked on the fight night pickups. Actually, earlier in the week, I was saying I liked Semmelsberger to win this because he's such a high energy, really strong fighter. And then on the fight night pickups, I said I had switched to Alex Morono. I think that I just thought he's got he's my guy. I've been betting on him now for a while, and and he got a round three decision, and it was a pretty easy decision to make. He beat the pants off of Semmelsberger, and Alex is so unassuming as well. He's just got like a normal person's body. And his he's such a high level kickboxer. He's really fantastic. He's twenty two and seven, so that puts us at seven and one so far for the for the whole fight night, which is which was killer. We had some things go off the rails in the uh, finals, the last three fights specifically, but still overall great night. The next fight was the light heavyweight Magomed Ankalaev and Anthony Smith. I already kind of mentioned Anthony Smith isn't my guy. I just don't like him. I, I know a lot of people love his style and shit. I, I, obviously, I had some money on him. I always tell everybody, like, when it's plus 500, minus 500, the, I don't have to tell you who, who I think is going to win the fight. Everybody knows who's going to win the fight. Magomed Ankalaev. There's a small chance that Anthony gets it done, right? And so you make some individual bets on Anthony Smith just in case. But the idea is... It's very rare that one of those happens. And when they do happen, it's not Anthony Smith that does it. It's that guy earlier in the night that was fighting Michael Morales. And he did almost get it done. He had a couple opportunities, and then he just lost it, you know. But Anthony came in. 
I don't know. I tend to think he was like talking about his leg being broken at the end of the fight or he broke his ankle or something. I tend to think he was injured coming into the fight. He took the fight last minute and uh, I tend to think he just came in and got paid. I don't know. He made it to the second round with his fucked up ankle too, but he he got knocked out. I don't know what to think. Guys that are like him probably just need to retire. He's really good on the desk. He was a great fighter once. It's just, you know, I don't need him to be a gatekeeper for the division. The next fight was uh, our guy Pontoja, uh, Pantoja Alexandre. Uh, he got the win. Round one submission. It was electric. He was so fast. It happened so fast. It was unbelievable. Watch out for that guy in the flyweight division. He is going to be a real problem. He is he's unbelievable. His skill set is unreal. He can do everything. He's got stand up. He's got grappling. He, he, I mean, Alex Perez didn't stand a chance and, uh, yeah, it was a cool, cool little fight. It happened. It was over real quick. The next two, I mean, the next fight was over quick too. It was the Derek Lewis, Sergey Pavlovich fight. This is the second fight I picked wrong. We made it all the way to the main card basically. And Derek Lewis got, supposedly knocked out by Sergey in 55 seconds. Now, I'll say this. Derek did get rocked, but he was awake. They definitely called the fight too early. I definitely think Derek was in trouble, but at some point or another, you got to let these guys find out. I mean, it's not boxing. It's not like they get knocked down. You got to find out if the guy's got anything left. And it was so early I get these guys are really big, and so the referees are scared of letting somebody get, like, killed, <laughs> rightfully so. But, yeah, I, I give that another five or six seconds before I call that fight. It just seemed a little early. Derek was clearly wide awake when they called the fight. I mean, he was he dropped down. He went to the ground. It looked kind of like it did when he lost to Tua or Tui Tua Taibasa or whatever. I always want to call that guy Tua Takabailoa. Anyway, Derek lost. Probably time to retire. He doesn't seem to be into fighting anymore. That's the big issue I have with him. He just doesn't seem to like it. Which, you know, why the fuck would you when you're him? He's been to prison. He's been fighting a long time. I just don't know if he loves it. I don't even know if he likes hurting people. You know, it's hard to tell. He's getting old. The co-main event. Brandon Moreno got it done. I kind of, in my heart, I knew that was probably the outcome. But like I said, I ride with Kai. He's my guy. I dig him. He, for three rounds, was winning. He was winning the fight. His He was piecing him up. Brandon didn't really know how to deal with the combinations Kai was throwing. And, uh, you know, he got even took Brandon down and cut his face open with an elbow. Kai was really a sharp. But... He also allowed Brandon to kick him in his fucking rib cage on the same side throughout the fight. And then in the third round, at the end of the third round, it appears he probably broke his rib, something like that. He, he hit him with this kick in the, in the side again, a body kick. And they kept saying, oh, it's the liver. It wasn't the fucking liver. When you go back and look at that kick and you look at Kai standing there after the fight, his entire rib cage on the side, up, up high, is black. It's like black. With, then it goes blue with these weird dark lines coming out of it. Like, he has a broken rib. Not a fucking liver kick. It was literally... I mean, Brandon broke his fucking rib. It was pretty fucking awesome, actually. Brandon did a nice job. And then they brought in that fucking clown who I used to like, Davison Figueredo. 
when I first heard Davis and Figueredo's story, he intrigued me. It's like, oh, this dude was a hairdresser, and then he just was like, I can fight, and he became a fighter, and he seems fucking sweet. And then it's like after he started hanging out with Henry Cejudo, he just kind of changed, and I, I'm not about it. And he was kind of – it's like, dude, don't even get in the octagon right now. Brandon just won the interim title. Your title is about to be useless because you're not going to be fighting, and nobody really knows – I don't really think you or Brandon are – even if you fought again, anybody would know who the winner is. You guys are pretty equally matched. I think Kai can beat both of you. And he, he uh, and but he didn't get that one done. But that's how it goes in fighting. You don't get them all done. <laughs> the main event. I thought Juliana had a real opportunity, and she had one opportunity in that fight. But before everybody wants to talk about what she did first, they want to talk about her performance first. Let's talk about Amanda first. Amanda put on one of the most amazing performances anyone's ever put on in a UFC fight ever. I just want to remind everybody, Juliana Pena is the champion going into this fight. And Amanda hit her with a couple punches. First of all, she knocked her down probably five times in the first two rounds, like a knockdown. And Amanda, I don't think, really likes Juliana after Juliana's comment about carrying her child and shit. And in that first fight, Amanda didn't really want to be there. In this fight, Amanda looked like a lion hunting like a fucking goat. You know, like just she looked so happy the whole time. She was like had this kind of smirk on her face, and she came out. I think the most interesting thing in the whole fight, and I don't, I haven't heard anybody mention this too much, is that she came out southpaw. It was part of her training, obviously. She's like, I'm going to throw this bitch off. I'm going to come out here and fight southpaw, and she's right-handed, and so now her right hand becomes her lead hand, and she kept hitting her with this jab right hook. You know, a right out of southpaw she kept jabbing and then hitting her with this right hook and it would knock her straight to the ground at one point she was retreating and threw an overhand right hook and knocked juliana pena off her fucking feet like clean off her feet amanda was sensational all that being said juliana was fucking she put on a performance that deserves its own praise as well not many people can take a beating like that and not one, the ref never it the ref was never concerned about her. Like they never were almost about to stop the fight, and she had some cuts that were ugh. I mean, she was covered in blood. Covered her whole face. She had a big cut on her forehead that apparently she's gonna need plastic surgery for. And she never was I mean, she looked like she almost got knocked out seven times, you know? And in the fourth round she almost gets an arm bar on Amanda Nunez. Amanda finally gets on top of her. She kept telling her to get up after she'd knock her down instead of dropping on her. Amanda would like back up, telling her to get up, like I'm fucking you up instead of I'm not getting down there. And then towards the end of the fight, Amanda's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down. So she takes her down, and that was the first mistake Amanda made all night. She takes Juliana down to the ground, and Juliana's already pretty you would think is gassed, but she's not. She almost gets off a couple different submissions. Now she was grabbing Amanda's gloves, but who gives? I don't care, you know. Whatever. Don't get your don't don't let them do that, you know. Find a way out of it. I mean, Juliana almost got this armbar off. I could not believe it. If she would have done that, it would have been the most epic thing anyone. I mean, the the Shale uh, Anderson thing would have paled in comparison. I mean, Amanda Nunes 
I haven't seen a beating like that ever delivered ever. It was it was sensational. I loved it. Juliana Pena put on a rocky performance in a losing effort, and it was also sensational. I enjoyed. I and I thought that was one of the best main events you could possibly see. I've been saying too, like I said before the fight started, or before the whole night started, I said I like the girls because they're bloody. Like they don't necessarily knock you out, but they just like cut you and gore you. It's like it was the bloodiest fight I've ever seen. If you want some fucking violence, man, the Juliana Pena Amanda Nunes fight's one of the most violent fights you'll ever watch, and it's because Amanda Nunes can literally punch her off her fucking feet, and she was having fun. It was ugh, what an amazing fight. That was uh, that was special. Kudos to both women. Well, I kind of told you the uh, the word that everybody was kind of hearing was that Sean Watson was only going to get six games, and he did. That's why they didn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why they didn't do a lot of things, and they just kept Jacoby Brissett and signed Josh Rosen. I think that, like I said, I, I would imagine a lot of people are going to be pissed. and uh, But they're going to watch because it's football, and they love the Browns, and you can be a Browns fan your whole life, and just for like a couple years, some guy's there, and then he's gone, and you're back, and then it, you know it's over. Deshaun Watson's not going to play there forever. If you go by the history of the Browns, he'll play there for two or three years, and then they'll you know cut him or trade him or whatever. They'll think he's not any good. But six games. Curious what you guys think. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. I, I was, uh, you know, initially when this all broke, I'm like, this dude's never going to play again. Like I said, Kaepernick is has ne- is never going to play again. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's because he can't play. All the, like, fucking 45-year-old white dudes I know, that's what they say. Like my uncle, and my uncle's, like, in his 50s. Well, if he, if he could play, he'd be playing. And it's like, dude, the guy was in the Super Bowl. He was in the Super Bowl, and fucking – Drew Locke is starting. Don't talk to me about if he could play. I get it. He had a ba- he probably had a bad training camp at the Raiders, whatever. I've seen him run 50 yards with like you know, on the field with guys like when Patrick Willis was playing, when when Ray Lewis was playing. Like he was outrunning everybody. He was a stud. He didn't have a lot of great touch, but neither does fucking Lamar Jackson and half these other guys. Like who cares? You can't tell me that he's not good enough to be playing when guys like Zach Wilson are. So what I'm saying is is he's indefinitely banned, and Deshaun Watson gets six games. Now, part of the thing with Deshaun Watson, legally, he didn't do anything. So they have to go to this personal conduct policy thing, and they have to find, find you know, the, the fine writing on what he did wrong. I think all he did wrong was bring negative attention to the NFL. According to them, why does this matter for the NFL? I think the NFL would love to suspend him for a longer period of time. The bigger issue is that they will get sued by Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA. And so when everyone's like, I can't believe the NFL doesn't want to suspend him, it's like, no, it's not that. It's that what can they suspend him for? Alleged shit alleged stuff that's it that's all they can suspend him for is stuff that women have said that have, he's never been convicted of and 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 so the NFL just has to like they're going to give him six games it's like arguably he shouldn't have any I guess I don't know what the fuck do you do like Ray Ray Rice was on camera like all these people that are on camera or you know 
like Kareem Hunt and fucking Ray Rice and whoever the fuck else is on camera, fucking Joe Mixon. I mean, these guys are on camera punching women, all three of them. All three of them. Two of them still play. (laughs) It's like, what? But these people that are, it's like, I get it. The things that that have been said are horrendous, but it was thrown out of court. I'm just saying from a legal standpoint, like what the fuck can you do if you're the NFL? If I suspend this guy or tell him he can't play, they're going to sue us forever. And so that is a complicated situation. He's going to play the six games. If the Browns can go two and four in that period, you know, see you in the playoffs. (laughs) I mean, really, I don't think they can even get two wins with Jacoby Brissett, though. It's going to be really hard to just get two wins. It's him and Josh Dobbs, the Steelers backup, that alopecia guy. Apparently he studied rocket science. I don't know. I don't see it. Josh Rosen is <laughs> – I hope I never see him on the field ever in my entire life. I hope they cut him. Fuck. Ugh. They got to get two wins, though, before he comes back, and they could be in some good shape. Man, I, I wonder what the other players in the locker room really think about Deshaun Watson right now. Like they got to like shake hands with him and buddy, buddy and like hang out with him. And if like, if you're like me, I'd be like, I don't want to hang out with this dude. I don't give a fuck if he's not convicted. Like, I don't care. I don't want to be around this fucking guy. I'd ask for, I'd be asking to be traded. Like I would be worried as, but I don't, when I listen to skip, skip Bayless talks some pretty good, or uh, not skip fucking uh, Shannon. When I listen to Shannon Sharp, he he talks some good shit sometimes because he was in the he was in the NFL for a long time and he will always tell you like if you can win and you you know it's we're all good just win. But even he when he looks at that shit he's like man I don't know I don't know if I could even play with you I don't even know if I want to be around you. It's hard. I, I Brown's fucked up. I mean they didn't fuck up getting rid of Baker Mayfield. Don't get me wrong that guy's he's not ever going to win a Super Bowl. But. Deshaun Watson, man. I'm curious to see how the fans react the first time he steps out onto the field. I mean, he's going to be pretty well hated for a while. I saw some guys. They had these fucking guys on TV, like, messages for Deshaun. It was during the NFL training camp, and this one white dude, like, you know, he's, like, in his 30s, and he's like, hey, 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 Deshaun, hey, buddy. Just want to say, like, we're rooting for you, man, and and we're in there for you, and just keep your nose to the ground, like, saying shit like that. I'm like, man, you're putting your face out there, like, trying to back this dude up, and you're just some dude that, like, works at a law firm somewhere, a marketing company somewhere in Ohio, and you don't even know this guy, and you're like, fuck women. I'm going to put my fucking face out there and stand with Deshaun. It's like, All right, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you might regret that. We'll see. Should be an interesting year, though, for the Cleveland Browns. I saw that the Arizona Cardinals removed that clause from Kyler Murray's contract saying he's supposed to study at home. The whole point of the clause, it already did what it was supposed to do, which was to embarrass him. So they put it out there. It became public. Like, look at this embarrass this fucking guy. Oh, we'll take it out of the clause now. But it, the damage has already been done. They, they achieved what they wanted with it by embarrassing him. I think that the GM... And the coach looked like fucking fools. And I'd probably, if I were Kyler Murray, would be telling them, telling the owner to get rid of both of them. <laughs> like, I'm more valuable than these guys. Like, I want them gone. 
They're fucking GMs of clown anyway. I've seen this dude on their hard knocks and shit. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. But he gets a lot of praise as being some fucking savant. I'm like, dude, nobody's a savant that weighs 300 pounds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you guys out there that are savants that are 300 pounds and five foot eight. But <clears throat> I don't give a fuck how smart you are. Like, you don't have any discipline. Like, you can't. I just, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. You're a big slob. I don't care what you say. Now, Kingsbury, he just seems like he has no fucking gall. Like, get in there and tell your GM to shut the fuck up and and not leak information about this clause. That's who did it. Mm. Mm-mm. So dumb. It's really funny to me right now how many people are, like, stoked about the Buccaneers because Julio Jones is there. Listen, I haven't seen Julio Jones be a stud in five years. Maybe, you know, four. Maybe four, but probably five. It's been a long time. I don't remember the last time he was dominant. I don't remember. And there are so many rookie wide receivers that come into the league that are just, like, lightning that I just don't I don't care. Like, he's not going to be the difference maker for the Buccaneers. I question if he even gets to play much. I'm not I'm not uh I'm not excited about that. The big talk though is obviously Deshaun Watson. Everybody thinks I think overall everybody on TV thinks that it's the suspension's not going is not big enough. It's not this enough. Like I said, it's a it, this decision was based on law and being sued and money. The NFL does not want to get sued and they don't have the evidence. There's nothing supporting them to to ban him forever. I mean, hell, they still might get sued over the six games. Like, there's no evidence that I should be suspended at all. Just these people talking that I've now paid. But ultimately, it is a very interesting – it's it's an interesting situation. I don't think people have really the concept of the situation the NFL is in. I'm not, like, for or pro NFL or some shit. Like, I'm not for the shield. I just think that people don't realize that – the, situ- the, the situation they were in. They they weren't able to suspend him forever. They were going to get sued. And so, interesting kind of turnout to that whole story. The Hungarian Grand Prix was sweet. I told you Mercedes is going to start picking up. And now for two weeks in a row, they've finished two and three. And Red Bull is going to just run away with this thing. Ferrari... I don't know what the fuck. Like, <laughs> I talk a lot. I talk a lot about Ferrari. Why? Because they're the ones that it's easiest to talk about. They have a really nice car. They've got great drivers, and then they can't win. This weekend, <laughs> this weekend, they bring in Leclerc and put hard tires on, expecting him to go to the end of the race on him. And then they pit him three laps later because they're not he's not getting them heated up fast enough. There's not enough out of him. And he's like, Oh my god, like so they're like so they bring him in for softs. And and it's like you gotta keep him out there on the hards and they'll eventually break in and he'll have a chance at the end. But it's like you just gave up you know, and then one of the pits sec- one of them was like like twenty seconds. I it was embarrassing. Like I've said over and over and over, Mattia Bonotto has got to go. That dude is the reason they are not winning. And it is so clear to everyone around the world except for Ferrari and the powers that be there. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
fucking Lewis Hamilton, though, and George Russell Russell have been electric for two weeks. And nobody's really talking about it because they don't really have a chance of anything. But it was sweet. It was really sweet. I'm glad to see those guys kind of coming back and putting up a fight because the Lord knows Ferrari's not going to do it. Make sure you hit the like, hit the follow. Let me know, uh, you know, if you hate me, you think I'm the worst, text, you know, send me a message on the uh, the soft count Instagram. There is not a blue check because I'm kind of a nobody. I'm, you know, a fucking dirtbag. But if you hate me, let me know. I'll read it out loud. If you want to ask a question, I get a, I've got a kind of a buildup of questions here we're going to do on the next pod this week. Uh, let me know. Hit the like, hit the follow, leave a review. Talk to you soon. Peace.